Good morning, church. Um, yeah, we are continuing on our series um, this morning. Okay, our topic for this morning is His ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. Let us pray. Heavenly Father Jesus, we just want to thank you this morning for a chance that you have given unto us, Lord, to come and fellowship with you. Lord, I pray and I commit myself before you and I ask that your spirit, Lord, and your presence would just come upon me, Lord, even as I am leading this preach this morning. I pray that you just use me as an instrument, O oh Lord, to bless us. We pray that you would just take control of every heart here and help us so that at the end, O oh Lord, we will receive from you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Great. Let's get on with it then. Okay. Our topic is what? His ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever used that phrase, his ways are not our ways? Have you ever used that phrase before? And if you have done, why did you use it? Is it because something happened and you did not expect something that you were expecting to happen? Or something happened and it just blew your mind and you just went, well, his ways are not our ways. Think about it. If God's ways are our ways, what do you think will happen? Probably this morning some people will not get air to breathe. If God's ways is our ways, maybe some people will not get food to eat this morning. God's ways are not our ways. So think about it, yeah? If his ways are our ways, really, what would happen? I thank God that his ways are not our ways. Because I don't know what would happen if his ways are like our ways. If his thoughts are like our thoughts. For many of us Christians, when something happened that did not go the way we expect, we usually went, well, his ways are not our ways, isn't it? But where we coming from this morning, we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 55, which tells us something about the God that we're serving. From chapter 55 of Isaiah, the God that we are going to receive from this morning has a heart of compassion, which ties in very well with our title of our series, which is Jesus, Gentle and Lowly. Let us read from... Isaiah 55, verses 6 to 9. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and unrighteous man his thought. 
Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Nine, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's what God is telling us. It just keeps my mind going back and back to, ooh, really? If God's ways are like our ways, what would happen? But let's look at, or we just go back straightly to the verse 1 of verse 55, um, chapter 55, as we just read. I'm just going to read it from here. It said, the Lord is calling us, okay, sorry, it says, Come, everyone who tests, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in rich food. That's what we are saying hearing from verse 1 of the chapter we're looking into. This shows or demonstrates the heart of someone who really wants to help. Regardless, he said, come, even if you don't have anything, I'm just going to give you what you want. Who do you think will do this to you in this world where we're living in? Come. Eat, and he's not say, "Come, and I'll give you what we don't want." He said, "Come and eat what rich food." I don't know if you've been buying from Max and Spencer's their food. <laughs> Usually, they said it is rich. I haven't been there, but I'm gonna try. This is a God we serve. He's not giving you something that is a leftover. He said, "I'm gonna give you what is rich, what is best." The Lord is calling us, those who are thirsty to come and drink for free. The invitation here addresses the deep spiritual longing for man to seek the Lord while he may be found. In verse 2, he says, why spend money on things that, do not, that are not bread? Why? Because Jesus is the bread of life. We can see that unbelief is costly and unfulfilling. If you look at the verse 2, Jesus is the bread of life. So he's saying, why do you come and eat something that is not fulfilling? When you come to Jesus and you eat of his body, which is his blood, the Bible is telling us that you're not going to feel thirsty anymore. It doesn't mean that. Physically, you're not going to feel hungry. No, spiritually, you're going to be all right. This is a God that we are serving. Let's read verses of our main um, verses this morning. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, <clears throat> sorry, and unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, 
that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The passage we just read, God tells us what to do and why. And what he's going to do if we do what he's asked us to do. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He will have compassion on us and pardon us plentifully. That is what the scripture is telling us this morning. He did not say he is going to put us on probation for six months. And after, he does what? He confirms our appointment. No, he's not like your employer. Even though you've been interviewed, and they said, yeah, that's good, great, everything is fine. Come on board. You come and they said, okay, six months probation. Look, our God here said, come. If you forsake your ways and you come, that's that. He's not a man that would change his mind. When he says things, that is it. In verse 8 and 9, of the same chapter as we read. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thought than your thought. Here we see two persons thinking and ways. God and that of us, man. First, let's look into man's thoughts versus what? God's thoughts. Two things we're going to look at. First, we're going to compare our thoughts about the possibility of our sin pardon with God's thoughts about it. Not many people think today that they need their sins pardon. The average person is so ignorant of God's thought that he thinks he doesn't need to be pardoned at all. It's, it's just sad, isn't it? But that is what it is. If you think that way, then your thoughts are not that of God. In Exodus 34, 7, and Numbers 14, 18, God said, he will by no means clear the gold. James also said, Whosoever shall keep the whole law and let of, I mean, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. At the back of this scripture, let me ask you this question. Have you kept the whole law? Have you lived a perfect life? A holy life inside of God? If your answer is no, and you say, but Omar, can you do it? I am not asking about the other person. I'm asking about you. I'm talking about you and me. Can we do that? I'm talking about you. <laughs> Then the Bible says, you are guilty of all. 
God said in Exodus again, 34 verse 7, He will by no means clear the guilt. I hope you stop thinking man's thought. Man think he is not guilty. God thinks in James 2.10, Whosoever shall keep the law, the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. There may be someone here this morning who is thinking just opposite. You may be thinking, God will never pardon me because I have deliberatory sin. I know that was right, but I choose to sin. I have sinned without excuse. God will not pardon me because I sinned intentionally. This too is not the way That God thinks about you. God will not pardon me because I sin intentionally. This too is not how God thinks. God says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, it shall become like wool. And that is what God thinks about your sins. Another person also said, my sins has been repeated. I keep sinning again and again. How can God forgive me? Keep sinning again and again. There was no hope for me. I came here this morning to tell you that. These are man's thoughts, not God. It doesn't matter how often you keep doing it. What matters is that he said to us that we have to forsake them and come to him. And he is going to accept us. So don't let that hold you back. That yes, I keep on doing that intentionally over and over No, that's not how, or that's not what God thinks about you. You are sitting here right now. You felt some responsibility, but you fear your heart is not ready. This again is the thought of man, not God. God does not say, I have nothing to do with a sinner. That's not what he said. Because he does not have enough conviction of sin. No, that's not what he said. God says in Isaiah 55, 1, as we read, everyone that tests come. That's what he's saying. One writer put it this way, the ground of salvation is not how much conviction you have. The ground of salvation is Jesus Christ himself. Come to him without money and without price. It's not your feelings or your conviction that would have you, but Jesus Christ himself. So come to him this morning. Look, he's even said that it might be a little bit expensive, but that's what I'm prepared to give you. MNS food, right? The rich one. That's what he's going to give to you and me. Okay? So come this morning. 
The second one, it says, we, we're going to look at, we're going to compare the thoughts about receiving the pardon for our sins with God's thought about it. Some of us still think that idea of simply trusting Jesus Christ and being pardoned of our sins right away is too simple to be saved. It is true. When talking to a guy, and when you said to them that, yeah, just you just have to confess. Just accept that Jesus is the Lord, and that's that. Your sins will become forgiven. They tend to think, that's quite simple. How can that happen? But that's what it is. Some of us want salvation to be complicated and difficult to understand. I think that's how sometimes we want to see as human beings. Things that are really, really complicated and not easy to understand. We tend to think, that's good. Because the salvation thing with Jesus seems too simple to some people. It is not what God thinks. Okay? God wanted to be very, very simple. And that's what he's done to us. The Bible says in Acts 16, verse 31, it says, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You and your household. It is that very simple. That's what God wants us to do. We often try to second guess God and try to predict or anticipate what he's going to do. We often create in our own mind an unreal God. Made in our image and likeness, instead of realizing that we are made in his image and likeness. And that he is eternal. That's our God. He created all things. He works in ways we cannot understand. We cannot comprehend the way he works. And all these that he does is for our good. There is a song which goes like this. God will make her way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side. We love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a way. That's how he works. In ways that we cannot understand. That's our God. If that's not how he works, my friends, my mothers and my fathers, do you think we will be here? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not. Think how wicked human beings are. And if that is the thought of God concerning us, I wouldn't be here. But he loves us so much. There is a story which was told in um, 27th October editions of the Word for Today of a young preacher's passion for the ministry. Led him to the Belgian coal fires where he preached to miners. He fed the hungry 
and he earned a place in the people's hearts. His church was filled to capacity with those eager to learn about Jesus. But his superiors weren't happy because the young preacher wore castoffs, lived in a shack, and gave his salary to the people. You look worse than the people you teach, they said. Wouldn't Jesus have done this same? The young preacher asked. His bosses disagree, and he was dismissed from the ministry. He was hurt and angry. His only desire had been to build a church that glorifies God. So why hadn't God let it happen? Every intention is hard. It's good. Then one day, he watched an old miner struggling under a load of coal. Moved by the sight, he began to sketch a bowed figure. And although he didn't realize it at the time, he discovered his real calling. The young preacher who was rejected by the denomination eventually became an artist the world will long remember. Vincent Van Gogh. The lesson from the story is that remember that everything that God does to us is out of love. Even those that shut on us is out of God's love. In Jeremiah 29 verses 11, it said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you and me. Look, there is not somebody else who is limited by something. No. It's the God that I'm talking about. The one who created all things. I don't know. He's the one who thinking about you this way. He says, the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. A future plus hope. Regardless of what we are going through now. He said, he's thinking about us. And our future. And future is in his hand. Don't worry so much about what you're going through. I know that it's not easy when we are in it. But that is why we are Christians. So that when the problems come, when the difficulties come, we would know that our God is with us. His promises that he will be with us in the future. He knows what has happened and he's already prepared us for that. For my thought, the verse 8 of um, Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Let me tell you a personal story. Before I met Christine, my wife, I dated a Christian lady. After I became a Christian, as a Muslim. She became my back rock. I had lost my mother in my teens. 
And my father had deserted me because I decided to become a Christian. So she was the only person that I had. In fact, she really, really did well. She helped me because she was working. I had finished university for two years, no job. So I, life was tough, but she was there with me. But one day she said that, I don't think I can continue this. And I was like, come on, this is, um, no, what's that? But she said, no, I am serious. But I remember very well that when I got converted, I didn't want anything to cross me. So when the whole thing was developing, I wasn't going for it because I thought, no, I don't want any trouble. I just want to make sure that I'm okay. Remember, she was telling me, yeah, I've prayed about it, and and I know that this is of God. So I asked her, you told me that God said that this is right. This is for us. Why today? She said, no, I'm not going to. This is it. It was tough. With all, or after my night cries, (laughs) and and, and, and everything, she said, no, I'm not going to. No, that's that. So eventually, I have to accept it. I did. But today, I look back, not even today, a few years later, I realized why God did that. Because his ways are not our ways. It was difficult, to be honest, because... I didn't know who, who is going to help me again, who is going to support me here and there, who is going to give me money to, to take um, taxis to, to look for the jobs that I wanted because my people have deserted me. I had nobody other than her. So I determined that, no, I'm going to let this work because that's the only way I can pay her back of what she's done for me. But that wasn't what God was thinking for us. I had to accept this. It was difficult. I did. But in the end, God showed me that no, I brought you into her life for a certain period, for a certain purpose, and that was it. Today, if I look back and I reflect and I see her and the kind of things that has happened with her and the life and up to today, I go to my knees and just thank God. And you know how my prayer has changed? Now, when I'm needing something and I'm doing something, I pray, cry, and ask him to help me. But in the end, I said to him, Lord, if you know that this is not going to be good for me, then regardless of my cry, regardless of whatever that I'm going through, don't let it happen. But this... It's not an easy thing to say because it's not easy. But his words are not our words. Okay? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says something here. It says, We plan, and God is the final executor of our plan. I love the contemporary English version, which says, we make our own plans, but the Lord decides where we go. I did make my plans. We had a plan. 
But God said that he is the final executor of our plans. Because his thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither his ways, your ways. But what he's got for you is good. More than what you think. Why? Because in 3 John verse 2, he says, He wish above all things that we prosper in all we do. And that's what God is saying to us. Let us not forget that God's thoughts, plans, ways, works are all working together for our good. And to those who are called according to what? His purpose. Romans 8, 28. Let me read to you a portion from the book that we are using. It says, he isn't like you. He means God isn't like you and me. Even the most intense of human love is but the faintest echo of heaven's cascading abundance. His heartful thought for your outstrip what you can conceive. He intends to re- restore you into radiant reprudence for which you were created. And that is dependent not on you keeping yourself clean, but on you taking your mess to him. He doesn't limit himself to working with the unspoiled part of us that remain after a lifetime of sinning. His power runs so deep that he is able to redeem the very worst part of our past into the most radiant part of our future. But we need to take those dark mysteries to him. And that's what we're going to do. He is ever willing, ready for us. But what we have to do is to take it to God in prayer. If Julian would come over, God is saying he's, he's just ready. All we have to do is to take it to him. Remember, our team today is that his ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. What is his ways? What is his thoughts for you this morning? He says, you are head, not a tailor. He says, I am the Lord that healed thee. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He says, you can do all things. Through Christ, who gives you strength. All things, if I understand the word all things, it means all things. Not the good ones, not the bad ones. But he says what? All things. Okay? If you want to stand with me, please. So I want you to go to God this morning. With every aspect of your life. Whatever you are asking or expecting him to do. Look, he said he knows beyond what you think. He knows the future. Okay? So I just want you to pray. Go to God this morning. 
His ways are not our ways. He's going to give us those rich food from Marks and Spencer, and even better. I don't know if there's another shop which does more nicer food than them. But that's what God is going to give us this morning. That's his promise to us. Okay? He's ever ready. If we will come to him, the Bible says that, yeah, he's not going to remember all the things that we've done. No. Even if we continue to do, he said we should come to him. His ways are not our ways. Thank you.